Deconversion Therapy. This is Karen. This is Bonnie. And we've known each other since we were one years old. And now we are becoming friends with you, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Um, We grew up in the evangelical church, and both of us are out of it now. But we love us a good story and something interesting. And I, frankly, get asked stuff. A lot. I don't know about you, but people Ask who... stuff. Yeah, people are like always saying, okay, do you, you really believe this and that as a Christian? Did you... Um, do churches really meet that many times? Where do churches get all their money? So people who had never gone to church or... Where are you hanging out and meeting these people? Everyone I meet <laughs> goes to church, takes communion... Well, one Um. time I backslid and went up north. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did that too. And that's really where it was. When I went to graduate school up north, that's what everyone was really curious about everything up there. So, um, yeah, so that's what we talk about. So this podcast, we have listeners of all beliefs and all phases in deconstructing their beliefs or uh, whatever you want to say, wherever you are, you can just join in. You can join in the community we have on Facebook, too, at Deconversion Therapy. It's a closed one, so you can say all your secrets in there and post pictures of your pets. But today's (laughs) podcast is brought to you by Audible, which we're really excited that they're sponsoring us. And you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash deconversion. And they have over 180,000 titles, and you can listen on your phone, even if it's one of those Android ones. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, I don't ever understand the Android phone. But people and- who are into them... They're militant. I know. It's so weird how we have such a connection with the type of phone we have. I think of Android like Canada where... Yes. yes. It's the same but different. (laughs) I just wanted to pipe up as far as like what we're about. The whole organized part of religion is where I see everything going, getting shot to shit. You know, once you have a giant organization, that's when it just becomes more than... Uh, what you wanted it to be about. It becomes about the organization. Yeah. And about the leadership and becoming a star. Yes, the power. So to that end, today... (laughs) Are you uh, saying that we have a topic about an organization or a person in Christianity who wants power or money? Well, we we have a topic today about... About the the slick churches that kind of started a big snowball effect, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and Karen was like, "Why don't we talk about Willow Creek? Because they were one of the first ones to become huge." And she knows more about this than I do because I never listened to anybody comparing our church to another church that we should aspire to be like. But when I went when I lived in Atlanta. There was a church like this where they had their main campus in one place and all these satellite locations. I don't know. I say all these. I don't know how many 
where they would broadcast the message that was being filmed in one city. Yep. And you'd watch it on a big screen with a whole bunch of people standing around. And there was so much singing. And <laughs> you are down on the singing. <laughs> I know. I just, I, the message was really good. And I was like, wow, how much of this music do we have to listen to? And I don't know. I guess if it's not a band I like, it, I don't. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. They just could not get in the monkeys to play at your church service. <laughs> if they could have, it would have been great. I know. Um, so I'll give you a little back, background, but chime in on what you wanted to discuss about them. Okay. The Willow Creek Church. Um, so it says that in, in the Wikipedia <laughs> that it's an American non-denominational and multi-generational evangelical Christian megachurch. Um, so it's located in a suburb of Chicago in South Barrington, Illinois. The guy that founded it is Bill Hybels. Yeah. And they founded it way back in 1975. As of December 2018, the church averages 24,000 attendees each weekend. And they have seven locations. Which I get it in Chicago. That's easy to do. Yeah. You don't want to go too far. <laughs> it's sprawling and vast and the traffic is awful. Um, but so it's one of the... huge. That's I know. Like, uh, like churches in Korea where they just blow up and get bigger and bigger. And it makes me wonder if people go, okay, I want to go to that church because I can sort of hide in the mix at least while I'm trying it out. Because there's yeah. nothing more horrifying than walking into a church that has like 50 people and all <laughs> eyes are on you, which I've done a few times, and it's horrifying. Um, but then don't they invite you over for lunch? Uh, that's the horrifying <laughs> part, because you do. I'm just, uh, I want to... Don't you get a casserole? Uh, I got that, too. I wanted to be <laughs> so nice and, like, appreciative to this small church I walked in on, so... The next thing you know, you're there till like three o'clock and people are into you. You're like um, right. a traveling, you know, pop star. They're like, ooh, new person. Yeah. You just have to pretend you're mute or something. Uh, I should have known that on the way in. But then they would be like, but she can hear. Oh, we can heal her. <laughs> Crud. Um, so seven locations. Then they have a Spanish-speaking congregation, Casa de Luz, which means light, Ooh, bueno. if you didn't remember. Did you remember that from your Spanish? Tampoco. <laughs> Taco. Um, let's see. So then uh, the, the most recent reason that they're in the news is what I thought you wanted to touch on, which just made me sad, is that the, in 2018, the whole senior leadership and they call it the elder board, resigned because they said that they mishandled abuse allegations against the guy who founded it, um, Bill Hybels. Um, I don't know if you ever heard, had you ever heard the name Bill Hybels before this? No, had you? Yes, yes. So it would always get thrown around like, well, you know what Bill Hybels is doing up at Willow Creek? And really? Willow Creek's been doing this thing that maybe we should try. And Willow really? Creek, so it would be sort of like this inner circle, 
talking about, you know, where they can maybe attain to, as you know, um, it's all about the numbers and all about the pizzazz and the flash. So I remember our church and then a few others I went to discussing how it was super impressive because, you know, it's this huge auditorium. Yeah. The stage, this is back in the day where the stage, you know, maybe it'd have that um, dry ice machine or <laughs> then the people singing something, skits on stage. That all sort of started with Willow Creek. Plus, they were the church that said you get people in with the entertainment. And Ugh, I hate Except for that. me. <laughs> <laughs> Music! And it sounds so, it sounds Ugh. so anti-Jesus. Like, he didn't put on tap right. shoes and be like, you know. He didn't put on any this. shoes. <laughs> so, put on tap sandals. <laughs> but right. speak, wait, let me just bust in here. Speaking of the size, here are the details on the worship center. It was completed in 2004 at an estimated cost of $73 million. Holy you know where they got shit. that from. And this they, this has to be their most recent one because they had a building uh, like before. Okay. Yeah, they probably just kept tacking on rooms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Little lean-tos. Where, <laughs> bring your we're own gonna, umbrella. We're going to build another square over uh, here. It seats... 7,095 people. Who makes that decision? That is insane. (laughs) I know. Making it over twice as large as the Dolby Theater in Hollywood um, and one of the largest auditoriums in the United States. Is the Dolby Theater where they do like an award show or something? Yes. Okay. (laughs) You said it slowly. (laughs) We're voting yes. On that. Um, I want to say it's where they have the, um, the uh, whatchamacallit, the Academy Awards. Yeah. That could be totally wrong. Well, you know. But, or but at wait, least oh. they have. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. It, it is. It is. It Nobody, is. Say it with confidence. <laughs> no one will care. Don't fact check this. <laughs> so well, it says it was the first church in the world world to make use of two Mitsubishi Diamond Vision high-def LED screens that were 14 feet by 24 feet in size. That's humongous. Well, they needed, if you think of that 7,000 people bullshit, um, usually seen in sports stadiums. Um, Mm. Each screen is movable on its own track system. Can you imagine those AV guys? I wonder if they're Jesus guys. They love it. They must be like... Mom, I'm moving to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Cords. <laughs> That's it. Mom, you've never seen so many cords. That's it. Randy, Plugs. you said you'd always stay in Georgia. <laughs> There's a soundboard. Um, the worship center also has dual stacked deck balconies. Let me tell you, that's where I'd be sitting <laughs> to blend in. Right. <laughs> to go, oh my gosh. Play on my phone. I can imagine going to church now. That's I'd do true. the one with the screen light really far down and just messing around waiting for the the sermon. Yeah, I bet 
everyone's like, now turn your phones off or the ushers, they'll look at you <sighs> or I don't know what they do. Didn't the ushers sit down? Yeah. They I don't probably, remember. I don't know. But nowadays they probably have to have security and all sorts of shit, which makes me, I didn't tell you, I was going to send you a photo earlier today. I went to the movies and as we're going into the AMC movie theater here, there's a big sort of moving truck and all these guys pushing these humongous speakers, very heavy equipment, because a church service was meeting in this theater. And they're oh. sort of in the way, and I sort of want to be like, get your damn church stuff <laughs> out of my way so I can see my R movie. <laughs> And drink my, my R movie. <laughs> drink my champagne at the um So at you the went dining. day drinking and seeing Brad Pitt with his shirt off. True. Although that was a nice scene. I wish you could have told me I could just take a nap after that. <laughs> you scene. said you demanded I tell you nothing. Yeah. This is about the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which some people loved. <laughs> I just thought that, like the Bible, it had a lot of extraneous information that was never <laughs> brought up again. So. Well, as, as somebody who lived in Los Angeles, it was fun seeing the visuals. Yeah, but yeah. But that's kind that of was all amazing they were. how they did all that. That was, yeah. I will clap for that, but... And, eh. and, it, in, and it involved the Manson family... But not in an interesting way. I know. Okay, we won't spoil, just in case someone gets given the DVD for Christmas. But don't go to the bathroom until Brad Pitt takes his shirt off. Then you're free. (laughs) There goes the spoiler. And talking of spoilers, uh, I just want to tell you that we, again, are sponsored by Audible. And for our listeners, we get to say that Audible's giving you a free audiobook right now. Call in right now. If you do, you will be blessed. (laughs) We will send you some water wrapped in air, folded in a spiritual hiccup. I don't know. Um, Speaking of movies, Bonnie, let's talk about books. That's a segue for you. For our listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their Sunday morning service. No, just their (laughs) service. And the book I personally recommend right now is, if you haven't read yet, Educated by... Tara Westover. Um, it was the number one New York on the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Boston Globe bestsellers list. Named one of the ten best books of the year by the New York Times Book Review. One of President Barack Obama's favorite books because some people read. <laughs> um, Bill Gates' holiday reading list, finalist for the National Books Critic Award, National Book. Wow. And it goes on and on. Um, wow. Named best books of What's the year. What's it about? By every, oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I actually listened to it because I had too many books to read. 
And it's about a woman. It's a memoir, so it's a true story about a woman who grows up in like a survivalist family because the father is all down on the government and doesn't want his children in schools. So the mother homeschools them. And it's very triggering to a lot of people who are now deconverting out of some stricter Christian upbringing where they were homeschooled and isolated and all this. And it's just about this girl's uh, breaking out of that and not going to be formally educated until she was 17 years old was the first time. And now she has a Ph.D. from Cambridge and took it all the way up, all the way up. But the audio is also happened to be uh, read by someone I know. Um, So Julia Whalen. So it was really fun to go listen to it and hear Julia's voice reading it. So that's what I recommend. What about you? Let's talk about homeschooling for two seconds because clearly she was educated enough to get into Cambridge. She, and, and she make the transition. Yeah. Well, you have to read it to figure out exactly what she did and how she did it. So okay. it's all pretty interesting. She was doing some sneaky things behind the back. But what Ooh. do you recommend? So uh, the, one of the books that I have, I have two copies of because I ruined it so much from reading it and marking it up and ripping the, the binding up. So pages started falling off. Is um, a, That's right. <laughs> the King James. Uh, it's A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Oh. So it's spiritual, but it's not religious. But he doesn't discount anything that Jesus teaches. So if you're a diehard Christian and you read this, it's fantastic. It's just an instruction book to how the human brain works and interacts with us as creatures on this earth together connected mm-hmm. um and one of the reviews that i read that i love says a spiritual book for those not into organized religion <laughs> like ah, they got my key word not an organized religion um it says this book changed me after one listen and it's true i have listened to this so many times his voice is lovely and calming <laughs> and you can go to sleep to it or you can uh, you can just listen to it over and over again and it's just a good reminder of how to live and be yeah nice yeah. and kind I mean and vulnerable. it does talk about mindfulness and it talks about the ego and it explains how our brains work yeah that's and our brains really... are not helpful <laughs> no <laughs> they are not they're the enemy of the state well, you can listen to these or really anything you pick. Again, you get a free download. You can listen for 30 days, and then you can cancel at any time. But just go uh, use our code at audibletrial.com slash deconversion. Yeah, we have a code now. That's it. We're codes. <laughs> so you brought up the whole homeschooling thing. I did. And there was a class that we were in. I was in the class with your boyfriend at the time. Mm. And they it was it was something to do with psychology and the family. Okay. And they they had everybody in the class divide themselves up between oldest kids, middle kids, youngest kids and onlys. 
So here I am, the only kid. I had to go <laughs> over, and we all had to gather in little groups. So here I go, migrating with the other four only kids in the room, and it was the weirdos of the school. <laughs> <laughs> and they, we were all talking about different values that we had and how we felt about cert- and certain issues that the teacher you know, I lured us into talking about, that's not the right word. Um, and all of them were big proponents of homeschooling. And I was, I remember, they all were the, all proponents. They were all very, all the, very keen on all the only kids all the thought only homeschooling kids. was a great idea. Yeah. Because so and they so, can be just all even the way weirder. only, all only yeah. up. Wow. Yeah. So I remember I remember looking over to my friends, <laughs> including your boyfriend, like, please don't <laughs> can I lie about being an only child right now? And and he's a middle, so after oh, we all yes, got back. He was. <laughs> oh yes he was. So after we got together, he's like, I would never have pegged you for an only child. I'm like, thank you. It's the nicest thing. It's the nicest thing anyone ever said to me. Oh man. But yeah. I, yeah, I've known a lot of homeschooled kids, and people do it for different reasons, especially around these parts. But uh, people who've been homeschooled, feel free to write in because I have all the jokes about, you know, <laughs> when you get to, you know, homeschool prom, do you turn to your mother and say, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but. <laughs> One of the things that somebody pointed out to me was one key factor that kids who are homeschooled don't learn is to wait in line. I think that was me who said that. That's right. Okay. I did. I always <laughs> everything, said that. Everything what do you know? You're, You're an right. only child. <laughs> <laughs> who, if I had been homeschooled, would be severely lacking. <laughs> My crazy ass mother. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so back to the church, the oh, Willow yeah, Creek. Yeah, yeah, of homeschooled people. That's right. So, so there are more stats if you want to hear the LCD let's, ratio. Let's I would love all no, I'm just the kidding. stats. <laughs> but I think I was talking about, yeah, just the idea of they were who a lot of churches saw as successful. So they yeah. wanted to emulate their different things by, okay, we get them in with the entertainment. Right. We preach, you know, good stuff that is, um, it's probably when all this stuff started with the sermons being all organized and them saying, okay, <laughs> Jesus was creative, cuddly. <laughs> Totally. A conifer, you know, like oh, everything would start with the same letter. And then right. they also were one of the first to start small groups. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Which I told you about my small group experience. It was worse than pledging a sorority. I didn't get into a small group. We went one <laughs> evening. Oh. Yeah. Your stupid boyfriend again. What? His church. Yep. By the um, way, I have not spoken to this stupid boyfriend in a long time because not he, out of choice. <laughs> he's pinched me. He got married, although he was in my wedding and friends with my husband and I. But now he doesn't talk to me because 
I don't know. I know why. Because he would bang you if he had the choice. Oh, that's... <laughs> Well, Leave now that I sound in. like a child. <laughs> no, I think it's like jealousy and the wife and not to be tempted and build a hedge around your marriage. Well, you said it, tempted. <sighs> because well, if given the choice, he would and he knows it. So anyway. Well, let's put that out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's put that out there, kids. Um, so you go on YouTube. How many videos do you think come up? Or not videos. How many subscribers do you think Willow Creek Church has? For their YouTuber? Yeah. Um, if they have 24,000 people, I'm going to say 24,001. No. <laughs> Where'd you get 24,000? Is that what I said? Yeah, that's how many people attend, attend oh, okay. on a weekend. Well, then that's exactly half. 11,000 subscribers. That's still... That's to their YouTube channel. That's really ridiculous. Like who? It's a lot. I know. I know. Yeah, and then they have they have very animated videos on the YouTube, mm-hmm. and you know you've got one point five thousand views for things from a week ago, <laughs> six thousand views for three months ago, and one of them is like Easter celebration, and um, I mock that. That's not right. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a Father's Day celebration. And, of course, you know what it is. It's just lots of singing. It's lots of singing. <laughs> oh, lots of people lots out of, people of focus. People you don't guitars. know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not That's out right. of focus. This is all slickly produced. Oh. Like, I guess we were hoping to be. Yeah. But, um, so, and then you start scrolling down and you see, oh, well, there's their pastor saying, I have been sobered by these accusations. Then you learn that they've had, uh, they've been in the news recently because their leader, the Hybels guy, they uh, originally had an article come out in the Chicago Tribune. Um, one, one woman, I think, and then it opened the floodgate, like the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. for more women to talk about <laughs> inappropriate uh, groping. And comments, right? Um, but one of one of the key allegations came from, and then was I think, you know, re- not redacted by. We're all about the word redacted lately. I know. Um, but yeah, you can be uh, redacted. But then she but. denied them, I guess. Uh, but she gives a lot of details about how in 1984 she was recently divorced. And she was walking to her car in the big old parking lot of Willow Creek one night after services. And it said she had been praying about whether to apply for a job at the church that she saw posted. And then a car screeched to a stop beside her. The driver rolls down the window and it's the pastor. Can I drive you to your car or something? (laughs) She's like, well, my car is pretty close, but she took the ride. because She thought it seemed like a sign from God. Right. And, um, so the the pastor described the meeting as a miracle. Okay. And um what what actually met in that car? Uh they they met each other and then she uh, took the job as his assistant. Oh, okay. And, you... and in some some rundowns that I was reading it said uh, or she said, "Well, it paid a lot less, but I was working in the church that I went to, and it was a great opportunity. So she had been divorced, and then you find out at some point, 
uh, he and his wife even invited her to live with them. Right. Which then, of course, makes me think, well, how big was their house? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, to have a grown woman living with you, that's... 24,000 bedrooms. <laughs> I yeah. know. Um, so then it says that she kept a handwritten note that he had written her, uh, a few of them. But in one, he praised her work and said, I'm praying that your new small group, <laughs> there's that <laughs> word, at church will be a source of much happiness and strength in your life. And then he said, P.S. Plus, you are a knockout. Uh, like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, why would you put that in writing, if anything? Yeah. I mean... You can think it and then worry about it later when you're praying, but to commit to writing? Ugh. Anyway. And they should know how closely everyone is watching them. It's not like he's like, oh, I'm new to this position and I don't know how to act. Yeah. I. Uh, so then this is, this is where, like, uh, we've got a, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll mention this, but... Then it says that in the late 80s, when they were crusading against pornography, (laughs) in the late 80s, when they were crusading against pornography as a top priority for evangelicals, um, Hybels told the assistant that he had been told to educate himself on the issue by James Dobson, founder of the ministry Focus on the Family, who had been appointed by President Reagan to an anti-pornography commission. So they called it research, and he instructed her to go out and rent several pornographic videos. What? Yeah. And then he insisted on watching them with her, she said, while he was dressed in a bathrobe. Yeah, I'm sure. So that, of course, makes me want to tell you about... With a bottle of lotion and paper towels. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Um, So, so... uh, I sh- uh, I will I will digress and just tell you this doesn't have anything to do with church. But when I moved back to Los Angeles because I lived there once and then moved back, it was right around Christmas and New Year's Eve. And one New Year's Eve, my friend Jeff and I went out and we went to a bar. <laughs> we <laughs> Crazy go to a bar. Times. Crazy times. New Year's Eve. Imagine that. We didn't know that the bar had an upstairs. Mm-hmm. So separately. Each of us found the upstairs and didn't know where the other one was. And he was nowhere to be found when the bar closed. And I was stuck there. And he had my car keys. And so, yeah. So the only thing I knew to do was, like, go home with this guy who I had been talking to, not making out with or anything like that. But and I was you like, were never seen again. <laughs> but this was the only thing I could do. I kept yeah. paging Jeff over and over again. <laughs> I was paging. so worried. Do, do, do. Yeah. I mean, and it's New Year's Eve in Los Angeles. The hotels were astronomical. I couldn't just go out and rent a hotel room. That mm-hmm. sounds awful. So this guy was like, oh, you can come back to me, you know, to my place. He goes, you just have to be quiet and not wake my parents up. So I was like, well, this will be, this will be kind of safe. So we get into his room and I'm doing the thing where like I keep one foot on the ground as we just lay in the bed and I'm like, just wait for the daylight and I'll keep paging Jeff. And um, so he says to me, why don't you put on a robe? (laughs) I'm like, nope. All the clothes are staying on. Right. Does he so, have, like, robes in his... That's okay. what I... Th- that was the joke the whole day. So after we all got back together the next morning, after I had already paid for a locksmith to open my house up, yeah. um, 
everyone heard the story, and so it was constant, you know, why don't you put on a robe? (laughs) (laughs) And I want to be like, yeah, bring me that robe. And he has like eight robes lined up. And he he looked like Corey Feldman, but with dark hair and dandruff. No. And they were like, Uh. what a winner. And his parents were home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. There you go. New Year's Eve, starting it off right. That's right. So... So this pastor puts on a robe. (laughs) (laughs) Also look like Corey Feldman. Uh, So one of the things that baffles me is when when they originally... when they originally got word of these accusations, they mm-hmm. appointed an internal investigation. Uh, and I'm like, how good could that be? Exactly. And then they had an attorney investigate. I I'm mean, like, uh, what? people in church are all doing jobs they are not educated to do anyway. Anywhere else. Yeah. So I'm sure they were just like, hey, get the lady who makes the potato casserole and be like, would you like to investigate? Um, so, so, of course, nothing turned up from the first investigation. Yeah. Like, well, and, like, even if you think about investigations that they have in um, other businesses, mm-hmm. yeah. what, what's that investigation like? Okay, we're going to sit right. down with people. And ask them questions. And People who are our friends <laughs> and who we know and who might be over us in some capacity, like this Hybels was. Right. So yeah. um, anyway, the second, the second investigation that they did after he resigned or something like that, it found out that uh, there was validity to the accusations. And so the second pastor... He resigned, and he was very contrite about it and very humbled, and it sounds like he, he just said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to even pretend I'm going to resign. So he resigned, and then the whole board of elders resigned. Yeah, so they all just resigned because they didn't do yep. anything about it, and yeah. Yep, so right. they're, and they're trying to, you know, maintain the reputation of the church, and Hybels you know, keep saying that he didn't do anything. Well, so. I don't know where there's smoke, but that's the thing. That I mean, how much, a- and how much sex do you need? Is there well, something I'm just missing? I guess his wife <laughs> is not a knockout. So oh, wouldn't that's you feel like nice. that though? If you've well, heard. Yeah. So that. Well, sucks. I suppose based on other things that you've talked about, she should examine what she didn't do that's as a right. wife. It was obviously that, her that's sarcasm. Fault. You need to scum. follow <laughs> the transformed wife on Twitter or Facebook. I thought okay. it was a parody account, but it is a woman <laughs> that is like, women should not work. They need to be home. Like all these antiquated things. And they're ridiculous. But that made me think of it. It's called the transformed wife, and I'm like, so your husband is supposed to pay for your acrylic nails? That's right, girl. I uh-huh. mean, there's so many things that we have to pay for these days that you didn't have to pay for in the '70s. That's for God's right. sake, bras. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a huge church, so I think ours was really trying to model itself after 
Willow Creek, although we were Baptists, we weren't non-denominational. But, I mean, we had the bells and whistles. We had... Um, and after we left, it got bigger. I know. I know. Like, uh, I remember we had, you know, of course, the choir and the, the usual choirs. But then it started getting into, you know, the praise singers. And then... What's that? Where you have, like, 12 singers who are really actually pretty good. good. <laughs> and they just sing something a little jazzier. And then you had... Um, you know, a little mini band or orchestra yeah. that would come in. So they were stepping it up. Yeah. Well, there we sure had a lot of musical programs. And then uh, earlier today when we were talking about this, I was like, oh, we've got to talk about the Christmas tree. Because we were pioneers. Yeah. For years, we had the kids singing Christmas tree. And then when we were old enough, we got to be in the, the real singing Christmas tree presentation. And, and that was like, that was like tickets were expensive for that. Right. And they sold out and the whole church was sold out and it went for like a week. And Jesus was Maybe blessed. More. Well, yeah, we were, our church, I think was only one of two in the nation for years that had it. And what it, the singing Christmas tree was, was um, they, uh, our sanctuary was, you know, probably four tall. stories tall. High. Something. I don't know. High how ceilings. Many. Very yes. expensive if you think about the FPL bill, the, the power bill. Very true. Two. And in the middle, up front, they would take everything down and once a year they would build with wood a scaffolding thing that went up. Oh, my gosh. I wish I understood numbers and whatnot. But it was, again, very high. Decorated with all these pine things, and it would look like a tree. And yeah, so it started out with big metal poles mm -hmm. and wood slats, and on the bottom row there would probably be like 15 people, 20. I think more. I think probably 20, but the... And then the next row would have like 18 people, and then it would yeah. go in a pyramid of, of a tree shape. <laughs> and the, the first row had chairs for the old biddies yes. so they could sit. And yeah. you, you didn't want to be on the first row because that was a demotion. Everyone every year was like, <laughs> how high? How high am I going to get to go up? Because you would climb the steps. And if you were sitting on the front row, they would, you would have the good chance of sitting next to the crow. And yeah. that's what one of our friends called this old lady one time in front of everybody. <laughs> she did have, uh, she had an interesting voice. The um, director so, kept telling her to, oh yeah, just sing a little quieter. Um, well, yeah. and there was a big, there was a big conversation, obviously, that I am only aware of now about what, who they would put next to one another because I think I remember being put next to people who I could kind of follow what they were singing. Right. Um, if yep. they were the, because at the, the first 
the first year, I remember being an alto because that's where my natural voice is. But man, the alto parts are hard. That was not the melody. And then when I realized I could switch to soprano because I could hit all the notes, I was like, well, this is much easier. <laughs> this is what the song sounds like. This is like. what the song sounds like. And then they, then that meant I sat next to a girl. I don't want to say her name because it's kind of unique. Beth. And <laughs> but let's tr- let's just call her Sheila, mm-hmm. and Sheila had this opera voice, right. and it it wasn't anything like teenagers that yeah. we wanted to have, and it was <laughs> and and when I would make fun of it, she would look at me and say, "Why don't you sing like that all the time?" I'm like, <laughs> oh no 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 no, and she smelled like Love's Baby Soft, which sickened me. Um, and her skin was like that pink, creamy white, and she was just she a cutie an doll. Angel. She was an angel. Maybe they were hoping her voice would drown out <laughs> your voice. Well, I remember the f- the first song that we would do. They had the lights off, and the minister of music would turn towards the congregation or the the ticket buyers, as they were called <laughs> that evening, and have them all sing, you know, some uh, usual Christmas song. And while they were doing that, we were all whispering to each other and being like, shh, shh, shh we got to be quiet, because we would all be in line in the hallways <laughs> in the back, and with the lights off is when we walked up oh, the they stairs. they would load us onto the tree. Yes, and we'd all scoot over, and we're all like, ow, you know, all that. <laughs> and there were EMTs that were, in, or, and fire people, that went to our church that were down under the tree the whole time. Just because, in case. Yep, and that was just, you know, that was excitement for us young so, ones. So when we loaded onto each of these rows, we were wearing running shoes and jeans, mm-hmm. which was very unusual for us to perform in that, and these little shorty robes. Right, uh, right. Like green shorty robes yep. <laughs> with, a, with a gold piece of tinsel. A tinsel so the whole necklace. We were each just <laughs> tinsel on the tree. And they told us every year, don't lock your knees. Mm-hmm. And um, because that would that would not do well for you for standing that long. And sure enough, one year we hear clunk 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 clunk. <laughs> Found out it was my boyfriend. <laughs> Locked his knees, fainted, and went down. And the EMTs were like, "We got one. Yeah, we, got a <laughs> we finally one. got one." <laughs> but the the rehearsal process we started a good maybe two months it beforehand. It was exhausting. Yeah, and, you know, it would be, like, special rehearsals on a Friday night. Um, And it's just what you did. And I remember one of our friends in high school, he thought he was being real clever in front of another girl once. And he said to me, hey, what are you doing Friday night? And I was like, same thing you are. I'm going to Christmas tree rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) But he thought he was always funny asking people what they were doing Friday night, knowing we were doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, the thing with the, um, I remember at the beginning of those rehearsals when you're getting ready two months prior, we would get yeah. the lectures all the time. If you can't commit to this, 
Oh, yes. Then just don't do it. Because we would rather, and you just get this whole, like, stressed out guilt. Like, I cannot miss a day of this. I cannot, you know, if I miss this, I'm in real big trouble. And so your life was nothing but the singing Christmas tree. <laughs> Four and then you started ages. worrying, what if my studies are going to falter? And, uh, and mine yeah, did. <laughs> For really? four years straight. <laughs> so, that, yeah, that was a big, oh, okay. So, so then years later, uh, our church kept growing mm-hmm. in numbers, but not necessarily in size. Oh, I thought you so, said quality. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there. But I heard this on the news that a camel in a Christmas in a in a Christmas pageant at a Florida church had fallen on people in the audience. And I thought, mm-hmm. how many churches are there in South Florida that are big enough yeah. who would be ballsy enough to right. have a camel inside? Yeah. So sure enough, you go to YouTube, there it is. It's our church. Oh, that's great. And and the people I mean, who were terrible. the camel wranglers, remember, I think a, a, a listener wrote in, they weren't Christians. They were real camel wranglers. Yeah, yeah. But they, they were would, dressed up as Jesus or, you know. Yep. There were um, people that that's their business is to raise animals for <laughs> churches to have at Christmas. I mean. Really that specific? It is that no specific. No other pageants? Well. Need a camel. So we will post this video, and sure enough, there's the camel. And he decides to, like, do downward dog, and his camel wrangler is trying to encourage him to keep going. And and you can see him. He gets up, and then he topples over to the side on top of people with this big camel torso. And and his legs went right where the aisles were. Oh, that's convenient. I know. I know. I know. So it's just his big torso. I hope he was okay. Well, maybe um, the camel, and the people too. <laughs> maybe the camel wranglers were Muslim and they had prayed right before, <laughs> and that was an answer to their prayer. Exactly. It could be. Well, but did bigger, you watch it? The camel. No, I haven't falling? watched it yet. Oh my god! I, I sent it to you yesterday. I want to see it when the listeners do. That's Shouldn't what I we watch do. it together right now? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so no one can see us, and there's just silence That's for right. a long time. And then, a, oh! Um, no, I'm putting in the, the abbreviated version of it. Okay. Yeah, so it's maybe yeah, 30 seconds. Yeah, I'll put seconds. it on the Insta when yeah. I figure out how to do all that with the video, for sure. Well, that's very fascinating about Willow Creek with Hybels gone, because I'm wondering how, you know, when a church goes through a big thing like that, people do stop going because everyone gets into arguments. Like, I don't believe he did that. And if you do, you're being, you know, you're not listening to God. So I'm sure that there are a lot of broken relationships. and They each put their spin on how you interpret it and how you forgive. Yep. Well, that's it for this week. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Please send us letters that are funny and entertaining for us to read on the podcast, especially if we mention anything that strikes a memory in you and you're like, oh, yeah, I was homeschooled. Let me tell them about this. Or we did a singing Christmas tree and, you know, it caught on fire. 
anything, just oh. write us. We're at deconversiontherapypodcast.com. And you can put uh, your story in there. And also follow us on Instagram, Deconversion Therapy. Twitter, we're sometimes there. Mostly Instagram. And then, of course, Facebook where we're having more of a community is starting to form on there. So that's really fun. Yeah, and we'll post the camel video. We will. (laughs) All right, so don't lock your knees. (laughs) And we'll see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) And don't do a shit pile. (laughs) That's right.